The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS radio network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS radio network. You may write me down in history with your bitter twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Rouse. Thank you so much for that warm introduction. Today is August 8th, 2021, and here are the topics that we will discuss this morning right here on the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Missouri's House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid had this to say about the governor's decision, quoting here, It is beyond disgusting that Mark and Patricia McCloskey admitted they broke the law and within weeks are rewarded with pardons. Yet men like Kevin Strickland, who has spent more than 40 years in prison for crimes even prosecutors now say he did not commit, remain behind bars with no hope of clemency. The contrast between the governor's treatment of these cases should offend every Missourian's sense of justice. It also proves the governor doesn't have one. End quote. Communities across this country putting them on planes, putting them on buses. Do you think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. So he's facilitating. Who knows what new variants are out there? But I can tell you, whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. I never touched anyone inappropriately. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's political problems have escalated and now border on potentially unlawful. Trump went all in uh, on his endorsement. And he lost. And this, you know, this is sort of the man who would be king moment where uh, we see the mortal scratch and that he bleeds. Online radio at its best. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Good morning and welcome in 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best once again, I'm J. Rouse. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Now, before we get started, this morning's show is going to be a very, very difficult show for me because, and let me apologize up front, because I, I think that I'm going to lose a bit of my professionalism this morning. Because of the topics that we're talking about, the fact that we watch people who are in positions of authority continue to abuse that authority in which the people gave them. It's going to be a tough show. I'm going to try to maintain my poise, but I'm here to tell you that if I lose my mind up in here, up in here, please forgive me. And on that note, I never share this stage by myself. Let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. Uh, 
Jackie's in the house. Mr. Elias is in the house. Good morning, one and all. Good morning, Jackie. Welcome in. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday morning? I'm, I'm doing well. How's everyone doing? Doing well. Thank you so much for being here, Jackie. Thank you so much. Can't wait to get into the topics with you. And the minute it's the first and last word, Mr. Elias is in the house. Well, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning to you, my friend. And good morning, Kathleen. Good morning, Rich Sister. Good morning, Momo B. Good morning, Vanessa, who is cruising this morning. Good morning, Marianne Music. And good morning, my brother, Hawk. And good morning, my brother, Jerome. Number 347-850-1272. A beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you guys for being here as well. Like Mr. has said, Vanessa is on the high seas. Uh, Johnny P is taking the morning off. And, of course, our colleague, Mr. Jerome Spree, usually joins us after his commitment for Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we hold it down, and we have a few minutes to kind of go back and forth. You know, Mr. Elias, uh, one of the things that we're not going to talk about on this morning's show, but it's something that I think we need to definitely mention, or like they used to say back in the day, have an honorable mention, is the fact that it's been seven years since the death of Michael Brown. You would like to think that things have changed. Mm. My brother, we know that that is not the case. Give me your uh, thoughts on this uh, at all. anniversary of this uh, young man's death and the fact that people don't realize, I think, that this was really the death that sparked the Black Lives uh, Matter movement. Give me your thoughts on this, Mr. Elias. Well, you know what, Jay? Um, I watched this, this uh, documentary on that, that, that uh, the, 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 what happened in Ferguson, and it's called Stranger okay. Fruit. I employ anybody to go watch it. Because okay. it, it it painted a whole different picture than what these cats were telling, and they they right. they said that the fatal shot that killed that killed Michael Brown was delivered close range. So for that cop to say he was beaten badly and all this other stuff was just a complete lie. Even Nancy Grace, who <laughs> who Nancy Grace was like, well, you talked about this man being like the Hulk. And you don't have any marks on your face being beaten. I don't understand it. As well, I understand it. He just he wanted to kill that kid, and that guy that guy got got off scot free. Just unbelievable, unbelievable. You know, there are and they do what they usually do. They character assassinate. Yeah, they yeah, character assassinate, and that's what they do. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's one of the difficulties that I'm going to be managing this morning because at the end of the day. What's going on in America is something that if people are not, uh, Jackie, if people are not on edge with some of the things that are going on in this country, democracy is really and truly at risk. But it's amazing how people are turning a blind eye to some of this nonsense. Jackie. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know whether you're done. I'm sorry. But yeah. Oh God. You know what? It's kind of loud. Give me a few minutes, okay? It's kind of loud. I'm sorry. No problem. No problem. You know, Miss Daly has something else that um, we're going to talk about during the show, and um, you know, we're going to talk about COVID. We're going to talk about you know Florida's governor's war on COVID. Uh, but, you know, when we people need to take this thing seriously, Ms. Elias, because I know you've experienced some situations this past week that should ring alarm bells for those who are still claiming that uh, it's a hoax or for those who are, you know, and listen, with all due respect, considering not vaccinating, uh, you know, tell us, man, it's been a tough week for you, huh? 
Yes, man, I've, uh, I lost a classmate yesterday, and the day before that, I lost a co-worker. You know, both of them to, well, I know one of them took COVID, the other one is there, but he said he thought he had COVID, and man, he, you know, 52 years old, another guy was 58 years old, so... You know, it's it's hitting home now, man. And you would think at my job that it would hit home and things would register and people would just say, hey, I need to start masking up and doing this. Man, they, they're doubling down. Like, I don't give a damn. That was him. It wasn't me. So that's the kind of people I work with. So needless to say, when I, I, I don't like these people around me. I, and when they come to me, I was like, hey, you stand six feet. If you can't stand six feet, you don't need to talk to me. And they me like really and I was like, you, you think you I'm playing? Yeah. If you, you think I'm playing, yeah. try me. Try me. Try me if you think I'm playing. I, I don't play with this. Stand six feet away from me. And you, you gotta have on a mask if you come and talk to me. Even with six feet away. I'm sorry. We're not playing this game anymore. You know, another topic that uh we're not going to talk about. We may get into it a little later on because remember last week we had a very extended uh, segment about COVID and we put two topics on the table. Well, one of the topics we will discuss this morning later on in the show, but it's going to probably dwarf into what I'm going to talk about right about now is the fact that more and more reports are coming out showing how Donald Trump and his administration was trying to legitimately overturn this election. It wasn't a just a phone call asking really? people to do the right thing. It was situations mm-hmm. where they were putting procedures in place to overturn the election. And what I think is amazing to most Americans, at least people who care, are the fact that there are no real safeguards in place. And the only reason why this didn't take place was because there were some Americans who said, look, we're Republicans, but we just can't go along with this because this ain't right. The fact that there's nothing in place, Mr. Elias, to prevent this from possibly happening is crazy. It's scary. It is It is scary. Because if he wanted to stay in power, all he'd do, he, you know, all he'd do is say, I'm, I want to stay in power. He, just told, he, told, he told the people, just declare me a winner, and, and, and me and the rest of the senators will take care of it. But it was more than that. They had actually put letters in place to send out the six different states. I mean, it's how fragile is democracy? Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. It it is. It is very fragile. It it is fragile beyond beyond belief. But you know, nobody has ever been this dishonest. As Donald, well, there's been dishonest, uh, actually, I, politicians. I'm not going to rephrase yeah, that. Not at that level, right? Have never yeah. been this, that not to this level. They've been dishonest, but not to this level. My God, man, this is unbelievable. And, and I was just mm. about to say, you know, when our when, when the frame makers, you know, put all these things in place, they had no idea that a person that would sit at the highest office would be so corrupt and rotten on the inside. It's almost as if they didn't expect this. They kind of assumed that the person who assumes uh, to a, to ascends to the presidency, excuse me, would be a, a person of moral balance, a person that would be fair. They have their political ambitions and. And you know all those different things, but at the end of the day, they did not anticipate this happening. Mm. And people, I, I wouldn't about, anticipate it in all the years either. 
Well, but think about this. People talk about, well, the reason why we're still standing is because, you know, our democracy won, you know, the things that we put in place saved us. And no, 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 because we have some New York Times reporters and Washington Post reporters who are really digging up stuff. Matter of fact, I think one of the attorney generals for uh, the state of Georgia testified behind closed doors about how Donald Trump and his minions were ready to put this plan in place a country with our history they were about to try to put in place a way to keep him in power Hmm. wow 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 Wow. you know people say well every week well people say yeah but see people say every week well you know how are you surprised I am surprised you know, and I'm I'm surprised by this. I just can't believe that this is what's going on. I'm I'm shocked. I'm flabbergasted. I'm not Jay because you know what? This guy didn't want to. He didn't want to have these charges, and they you know charges fall against him. So now he's he's saying you know, you think about it. If he stayed in office again, and the statute of limitations would have ran out on a lot of stuff to him. So you know now he's got to deal with all this stuff and. All this, I, I, you know, it was August seventh yesterday. Wasn't that when he first uh, regained power yesterday? I thought it was the thirteenth. I may be wrong. Reinstated. I thought they said. I thought he was supposed to be. I thought people August thought 7th. he would be reinstated about August. It was August seventh. Okay. All right. Reinstated. Yep. He was supposed to be reinstated. Did he get reinstated? So all you people that sent all that money, all that, all that, all that money, everything else, all, everywhere else. Guess what's happening with your money now? It's in his pocket. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm glad you brought that up because the last thing we'll chop around before we step out of here is the fact that there was a, uh, according to papers filed by Donald Trump's organization, that Donald Trump has been fundraising on the fact that they're trying to stop the steal and they're going to support Republican uh, candidates across the board. A study came out saying that not one damn cent of the Hundred million or whatever he's raised has gone to any of that. None of it. No, has. it's not going to either. It's not going to. It's going in his pocket. Come on now. None no of it where that money is going. None. Not one dime. L- l- listen to what I'm saying. None of it has. None of that money has gone to anything that they've been fundraising off of. <laughs> Unbelievable. And for people to be that, you would like to think. 74 million people are not just that ridiculous and stupid. But my God, you, you, when these things come out, the more and more this information comes out, the more and more you're saying, my goodness, what the hell's really going on in America? And if you are a person that believes in what you read in the Bible, are you saying, okay, is this the beginning of the end of days? Because I never thought that I would see anything like this. I mean, look, you knew you had Republicans and Democrats. They sparred over different policies and things of that nature. But I never thought I would see a day where you have Republicans knowing that this guy broke the law. You know, something that we're going to talk about a little later on, you know, what's going on with Governor Cuomo. I mean, at some point in time, you have to put country, state, whatever before party and do the right thing. And a lot of these people are saying, the hell with you. We're trying to stay in power. And damn it, we're going to cheat in broad daylight. And no one is going to do it nothing about it right because people are not informed enough to get these people out of office how the hell do you vote for somebody 
who is who is an, an obstructionist. I can't understand why people in Kentucky keep voting for Mitch McConnell. He doesn't he doesn't pass any bills, anything, but he get but his state gets more money than they put into the pot. It's just, it's ridiculous. The sad state of affairs that we're dealing with. Okay, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We've bumped our gums enough about things that are not related to today's show, but we'll get into it after NPR news update. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Welcome aboard. We'll talk to you in a minute. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. The Senate is due back in session today as lawmakers work toward passing the bipartisan infrastructure package, a top priority for President Biden. A roughly trillion-dollar plan cleared a key hurdle yesterday and what NPR's Claudia Grisella says is a good sign. This is a sign that support is holding in the Senate for this bipartisan deal, and they could approve it in the coming days. Now, again, this is just a procedural vote. Senators are now hang- haggling over a plan to reach an agreement on amendments and that could involve hours of more debate and procedural moves before they get to the critical vote on whether to approve this bill, and that could happen by Monday or Tuesday. More amendments could be debated today as the Senate meets for the second straight weekend. A special legislative session opened in Texas this weekend, but some Democratic state lawmakers are still refusing to return to the Capitol in Austin. They remain in Washington, D.C., as Republicans in the state Senate prepare to hold a hearing tomorrow on the controversial elections bill. Atlanta area school districts are reporting hundreds of COVID-19 cases one week into the school year. Molly Samuel from member station WABE reports. Many Atlanta students are already back in school, but not all districts are requiring masks. In suburban Atlanta, Gwinnett County does require masks. Still, the district reports more than a dozen staffers and close to 200 students have tested positive for the coronavirus. In Cobb County, which says masks are optional but encouraged, there are also nearly 200 cases. Students and staff identified through contact tracing in Cobb who are asymptomatic are allowed to return to class, though then they do have to wear masks. Georgia was one of the first states to reopen last year and has a relatively low vaccination rate. For NPR News, I'm Molly Samuel in Atlanta. College football legend Bobby Bowden has died. NPR's Greg Allen reports on Bowden's 57-year career. He had 377 wins, more than nearly any other head coach. For 34 of those 57 years, Bobby Bowden coached the Florida State Seminoles. He took the head coach job in 1976 and quickly built it into one of the nation's most dominant football programs. He had 14 straight seasons there with 10 or more wins, a record that hasn't been equal. Bowden said for him the most significant win came in 1980 against the nation's number three team, Nebraska, on their home field. It put us on the map. People began to say, well, who is this Florida State? Look what they did up there at Nebraska, see? Now, of course, after that, we beat a lot of folks. We beat Notre Dame, we beat Michigan, we beat everybody. In career wins, Bowden ranked second to only one other Division I college coach, Penn State's Joe Paterno. Greg Allen, NPR News. A police officer in Chicago is dead. Another is said to be fighting for his life following a shooting during a traffic stop last night. Police say the officers were fired upon after a vehicle carrying three people pulled over two suspects in custody. This is NPR News. Today, nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents 
to our veterans, coworkers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress. And so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Mark and Patricia McCloskey made headlines in June of last year. Mark McCloskey pleaded guilty to a fourth-degree assault charge and was fined $750. His wife pleaded guilty to a harassment charge and was fined $2,000. Now, during all of this, Mark McCloskey has launched a campaign for Missouri Senate hoping to replace longtime Senator Roy Blunt. Along with the McCloskeys, the governor has granted 12 pardons in all today and commuted two sentences. But it's his pardon of the McCloskeys that's receiving criticism. Posting to social media tonight, Kansas City Mayor Quinn Lucas and several state lawmakers are specifically upset that Kevin Strickland continues to sit behind bars. Strickland has always maintained his innocence in a triple murder that took place at 69th and Benton years ago. Strickland is believed to have been confused with a different suspect from that night. Two men later confessed to the murder, admitting Kevin Strickland was never there. They both served about 10 years. So in the end, only Strickland remains in prison. He's been there for more than 40 years. Kevin Strickland is now 61 years old and uses a wheelchair. Missouri's House Minority Leader Crystal Quaid had this to say about the governor's decision. Quoting here, it is beyond disgusting that Mark and Patricia McCluskey admitted they broke the law and within weeks are rewarded with pardons. Yet men like Kevin Strickland, who has spent more than 40 years in prison for crimes even prosecutors now say he did not commit, remain behind bars with no hope of clemency. The contrast between the governor's treatment of these cases should offend every Missourian sense of justice. It also proves the governor doesn't have one. End quote. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It's the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best. Kevin Strickland, a Kansas City man who local and federal prosecutors say has spent more than 42 years in prison for a triple murder he did not commit was again not among Missouri Governor's Mike Parsons' recent Parsons. That news Tuesday afternoon coupled with Parsons' pardoning of a St. Louis couple who last year brandished guns at Black Lives Matter protesters sparked outrage from some residents and Democrats. Representative Ashley Bland Manlove, a Kansas City Democrat and chair of the Missouri Legislative Black Caucus on Wednesday called it peak irony for Parsons to part white people of privilege who admitted to breaking the law while Strickland and a guy by the name of Lamar Johnson, another prisoner who prosecutors say are as innocent and countless others set in prison for crimes, all relevant parties say that they did not commit. Let's start right here. Now, at the beginning of the show, I, I kind of mentioned some of the things that, that's going through my mind this morning, and I'm going to apologize. And I apologize at the top of the show because I, I'm going to say some things this morning that probably 
my mother would frown upon and any law-abiding citizen may say, okay, man, you're taking it too far. But I'm at the point where I am so done with what's going on in this country when it comes to people who look like me. And I'm tired of turning the other cheek so you can call me Malcolm XJ this morning because my mindset has really turned. And I have to pray because this is going down a dark path, which hopefully we can pull ourselves back from. Let's get into this conversation. Good morning, morning. First of all, let me uh, bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit is in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm good. Good morning, man. How are you doing? Thanks. Good morning, good morning, Jerome. Hey, good morning. Yeah, good morning, fellas. All right. Yep. We, we, have, we, have, we, have, we have 90 minutes to see how I'm doing. We'll, we'll find out. Well, I'll ask you that question. At the end. Ask me again during our uh, when we, when we uh, say good morning again later in the show. All right. Let, let, let me start with you, Mr. Elias. We, so this couple who stood outside their lily white mansion and pointed guns at BLM protesters who were walking by their house, didn't stop at their house, mm-hmm. didn't say anything to them. The only reason they interacted with that couple because they came out on their front porch with an M15, AR15, and uh, an AR15, I think that's the proper name of it now. And uh, yeah, and yeah, and she had a gun. They became darlings of the Republican yeah. Party. Even spoke at one of their conventions, talked about how you know the government has let them down, and you know all free people should be able to defend themselves. When these people weren't even looking at these folks, they admitted that they were guilty. And I remember when we first talked about the Kevin Strickland story. Remember what the governor said at that time? Well, we have more press and business. We really ain't got time to you know deal with that. But you have time to pardon these two white folks that uh, committed a law that they that they pleaded guilty to, and you have this man behind bars. He is sixty one, six. I think he's sixty one years old. Mister Elias, he's in a wheelchair. Yes, forty two mm-hmm. years of his life is gone, and he can't even get off his ass to sign a, a pardon for this man. Give me your thoughts on this, man, because by the end of this segment, everybody's going to mind. Well, you know what, man? Um, this, these are the people, when I when I talk about voting and how voting in your local elections uh, count and all this other stuff, hey, man, look, you we got to get out and vote and get these people out of office. If you're unhappy with the way things are going with this, with, with, with Kevin, you, you need to you need to get these people out of office because this man could give a damn less and he knows nothing's going to act with him because people are not going to vote him out of office. They know that. He knows that. And he knows he can do whatever the hell he, like Mitch McConnell, can do whatever the hell he wants to get instructed. And he knows people are going to just keep putting him back in office. If they had to worry about um, if, if, if the, 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 the Democrats would get off their ass and, and, and get, get rid of that filibuster, of his voting rights, then they can stop the gerrymandering, the dark money, and everything else from coming in, and then these damn Republicans will be out of office. They they would have to do their damn jobs. They would, but they won't. That you know they you know you got Mansion and Cinema holding that stuff up. So hey man, look, this is just you know this is this is happening to us constantly. I think about the, the movie Just Mercy. They held that guy, and they, they put that guy on death row before he even got a, had a trial. 
McMillan, they put him on, and then, then the, the guy that was right next to him, he was in jail. He was on death row for 30 years. And the guy said, they put him in jail because they said, uh, you didn't, you know, you look like you did this crime. You look like you did it. And if you didn't do it, you're just going to take one for your homies. This is, this, is, this is the justice that we get. And then people wonder why we're upset. What if they did that to y'all, Lily White asses? Would you be happy with it? I bet you wouldn't. You know, um, Jerome, man, I'm tired of turning the other cheek, man. I really am. I'm tired of people saying, well, you know, you have to let the legislative, the, the legislative process take its course. These people don't give a damn about that, Jerome. The things that they're doing, they're doing it in broad daylight. And you know what they're saying to us? I dare you to do something about it. I mean, the fact that we talked about during the intro how Donald Trump, you know, some of this reporting is showing exactly what him and his minions were up to. And the fact that we have a Republican Party that allows this to continue to happen. But to me, I don't even want to talk about that. I want to talk about the fact that here's a governor, right? The fact that they, the prosecutors have said that this man should be released from prison. And this other guy by the name of Lamar Town. Both of these guys are innocent according to what the prosecutors are saying. And the fact that he will not budge to let them out of jail while he sits his white lily ass in a mansion, a governor's mansion that's paid for by the taxpayers. The fact, dude, I'm so, man, I'm so close, Jerome, man, to saying something that I'm going to probably regret, but I'm trying to talk my way through it because this don't make no sense, man. Don't make no sense what we're seeing that's playing out in supposedly, quote, unquote, the greatest country on this earth. Your thoughts, please. Well, first we have to stop saying it's the greatest country on earth. And that has to be, I, I mean, said I don't supposedly. Know what better, but that, that doesn't supposedly. make you great. Right, but I'm saying, like, it doesn't even make you th- have that in your head to make you think that it's great because there's no equity in it, right? There's no fairness when it really comes down to it. And, again, we're starting to, like, I think I think that people, <clears throat> since we have, like, the Internet and, and people um, filming everything and all these cameras, they're starting to see what people wasn't able to see in the 70s and people weren't able to broadcast in the 60s. This this place, when we kept saying, and, you know, I was always against this, when people kept saying, you know, we are getting better. What is better? Better than what? Right? And so mm-hmm. we were talking about a pathology of a nation that everybody's scared to deal with. You know, I've been having these conversations for, you know, uh, recently, talking about some things need to be said and whatever you are about to say probably needs to be said everybody wants to be polite and harmonious but that's not stopping people from doing bad things so we have to say it and we have to stop getting distracted when white folks generally say well what about black people they're changing the subject black people do that a lot and you know that always you know, bugged me when we would have a topic and black folks would would change it to something to make it equal, to make it balanced. So in this system, there is no justice because anybody along the chain, whether it's a police officer or a DA or a judge, 
will let white folks off the hook for stuff that they do they will not hear for black folks. So when we try to get justice even in fairness, the other way around, right? And say, Oh, my bad he ain't do it and they're like, So we don't care. Right? They make money off of having prisoners. So some of their agreements are we need to keep this place full. They have no regard and you know white folks need to face that too. Right? Because they want us to say, well, everybody's not like that. The, the systemic problem is not an individual problem. It's a systemic problem about how black people are oppressed. So, you know, some things need to be said, and I say, you know, what I always do, say it. Because sugarcoating it or, or making people feel comfortable is not always the way to have any kind of change. So, you know, I'm technically, although I'm encouraging you to do that, you know, I'm, I technically don't feel like that. Like, I don't ever feel like I need to go back and explain to make anybody feel comfortable. I just think that our behavior has to change knowing what truth is. We can care less if the people who are oppressing agree with it or not. We have to have some kind of um, way to look at this stuff. So, yeah. We, we you know. Well, you know, Jerome, you know, the thing is is that when you talk about double standards, it's always just what if. You know something is wrong, and people always say, well, what if a black uh, people did this? You know, we talk about insurrectionists, what they did on January 6th, and the fact that we said, what if black folks would have stormed that Capitol? They would have still been piled up body bags, right? Or, you know, what if a black couple would have come outside with their guns, at a, you know, aiming their guns at a, at a mega rally, uh, protesters or people that were going to attend a Donald Trump uh Lie fest, you know, what would happen? And, you know, and I hear what you're saying. I, I really do. But when I say dark, I'm talking about dark. I'm talking about folks getting bullets between their eyes. I mean, that, that's how dark that, that this is getting to the point. Because you say to yourself, nothing is changing. You're trying to do things the right way, and they can, there are no lessons learned. So you know what? The only way you're going to find out what we mean is we get ready to take to the streets and take action because this is ridiculous. And the fact that this you continue to hide behind laws that you created to make sure that you keep yourselves in positions of power. So, you know, I, I, I'm trying to stay away from that side of it because the fact that this guy, Jackie, is not even con- – it's not even a priority. And I remember a case we talked about a couple of years ago, maybe it was a couple of years ago, about how this judge – and Jerome, correct me if I'm wrong on this – this judge – they, they, this guy, this little white kid, he didn't put this white kid in prison because he said something along the lines of, well, we don't want to destroy his future. He's learned, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's learned from his mistakes. And, and this, this guy, I think he raped somebody. Am I, am I, remember, am I right on this? And, and, and the guy yeah. did not she see him in prison. Unconscious girl. She was unconscious. He raped her. And then the judge says that we don't want to um, – Ruined his life for 20 minutes of pleasure. So the pleasure of that kid raping her, it wasn't her, right? She was unconscious. So I don't know what kind of pleasure he was getting, but the judge said, we don't want to take away, uh, ruin his life for 20 minutes of pleasure, is what he said. That guy's still on the bench. He didn't get disbarred for that. 
that's my point, man. That's my point. The fact that they're running around here, they're gerrymandering districts, they don't give a damn about what you do. The fact that Mitch McConnell was able to stop the first African-American president from putting a damn Supreme Court justice on the bench when the Constitution says he has every right in the world. He had more than 11 months left in his term. But yet, in less than 30 days, they ran a Trumpy, a Trump appointing through and got him freaking on the bench. How the hell is this fair? How can you sit here and say, if somebody grabbed a 9 millimeter and dropped some of these fools, that then they're not justified in it? When you are doing things that are ruining people, mm. people's lives. That man, when he gets out of prison, Mr. Elias, they interviewed him. And what I'm telling you, man, when I watched that interview, man, I was in tears at the end of that interview. Because they said, well, you know, once you get out, what are you going to do? And he looked like, what can what? I do? What can I do? I don't have nothing. He said, the wheelchair that I'm sitting in, you know, when they roll me to the damn gate, they're going to take that away. I'm about to crawl out. It's not, I don't have nothing. And then we talked about that case a few years ago where that state was fighting. They had a guy in jail for over 30 years, and then the little measly $15 million or whatever the hell they were going to give him, they were fighting to try to not give him that money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't take people's lives. Listen, dude, you cannot take a person. You can't give people that stuff back. How do you make right? You took 41 years of my life. How can you make it right? You, you ain't can't. got enough money. No amount, to no make amount it right. of money will. No, no amount of money will. You do you do you actually realize that there's a law in Utah to where that if you smirk at a police officer, it's a felony. <laughs> this is this is this is what we've come to. For all those people who believe in the, the amendments, like the Second Amendment and all this other stuff. That's your first amendment right. If you smirk at a police officer, it's you you can get a felony. And that they arrested a woman because she stopped on a Blue Lives Matter sign and she smirked at a police officer and they arrested her and charged her with a felony. This is this this is what we've come to in this country. We talk about Russia. So they're taking they're taking your rights away. Huh? So we talk about Russia, we talk about China, we talk about communist countries. And, you know, this country is a communist country. They just hide behind something that they call the Constitution because they take that Constitution and do whatever they want to do with it. The fact that we talk about almost every week how Republicans gerrymander districts so they can continue to stay in power. The fact that here real soon white folks will be in the minority. But guess what? They really won't be because they control the most important asset, which are those finances. And, you know, you talk about it all the time, Mr. Elias. Black folks should, hey, maybe we should stop, you know, shopping at these places. But the bottom line is that but we can't go to places of our own because we have been suppressed so long, Jerome, that we don't have, we're not on the same, we're not on the same level. We don't, you can't go to a, a black equivalent to Walmart because we've been held right. out of the American dream so damn long. So it's like, you know what, you Negroes, you, you're going to do what we want you to do. 
You're going to buy from our right. places. You're going to do the things that I need. Because guess what? If you want to build a damn house, you got to come to me, a Trump supporter, to buy your lumber. Because you can't find a black Home Depot nowhere. Because guess what? We stopped you from getting there. We talk about what they did to the black farmers, how the black farmers for years faced discriminatory of lending practices and the fact that they can't even compete. And then you had white farmers right. saying, well, wait a minute. Oh, you're going to give them all this money? Oh, whoa, it's us. You bitches have been uh, uh, gaming the system since day one. And now you're going to cry? Right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yep. So, yep. so, and, you know, so, so so, so what makes it so John, why so what what's wrong with saying, you know what, go grab grab a you know what, just do it another way, right? Do it another way. Right. Because you can't do it the right way. You can't go you can't use a system, you can't follow rules, you can't do these things because if you try to play ball by the rules that are in place, they're gonna change them. You know, this thing with Trump. Hey. They're, they're, they're trying to get rid of uh, state election officials so they can come back and say, oh, well, there, our guy lost. Oh, well, go ahead and give our guy the – I mean, what are you talking about? You want us to play fair and you're doing this? Go ahead, Jerome. Right. They have legislation up that says that the legislature can change the vote to choose a winner of a particular race, which is, which is like saying you don't have to vote. Why don't you just let your legislature pick? Whoever they want to represent you, that's what they. It, that's what that legislation is. And see, here's the. Okay, first I have to say this. Um, Jay does not say anything about you, but remember about probably a couple years ago, you were on me and LES because we kept saying that they are not changing. It is not them that are changing. The system is not changing, and. Mm-hmm. I know we had a little bit more hope that it would, but hope is not mm-hmm. hope is not real, not until yeah. it's not until it manifests into something. But in mm-hmm. the, in that moment, it is not real, and so every time you know something happens, white folks have conditioned us, like in just European culture generally, conditioned us to believe in a system that does not even work. It doesn't work for us. Oh, it doesn't really work for them because they don't even play by the rules of that system that they're telling us to vest in. <laughs> so it's one of those things that every time I see, the, whether it's political stuff or I see something that's practical, if it's a school district or a police department, they all function the same. And I always tell people when they say, hey, here's what I'm going to do, I'm going to you know, step into politics by doing this and doing this. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. They're te- they're, people condition you to play by the rule, by rules that they don't abide by. We need to figure that out and figure out how to win. Because playing by the rules or convincing other people that you're being oppressed has not worked in the past. Right? Just talking about, I was talking to... Um, someone from one of the, the Native American, one of the Indian nations around here, and they were saying, yeah. you know, how, 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 how far do you have to look back for genocide in this country? <clears throat> when I did this story two weeks ago about the Native American school that's still open, there was a school to break them from their own language
language and culture just so that you adhered to European culture while they abused and killed all of those kids over there and then sexually abused them through the Catholic Church. People still go to the Catholic Church. Now, I'm not getting on anybody's religion, but I'm just saying. I would look at it differently. I would study at home. I'm not telling you to change your religion, but I'm telling you the people who have been wronging and abusing people always, you know, skate when it comes to them having any kind of justice. And we have to we have to pretty much be um, focused on creating a system that, that works. And I'm not saying even works in fairness. I'm saying works for us, works for the people who don't get justice. That sounds radical, but I am telling you it's more practical than um, <laughs> than waiting for that system to change. Well, I, I don't know, Mr. Elias. Let me, let me give you the last word on, on this one, man. Well, Jay, my, my thought on this one is that, you know, they're treating this brother unfairly. You know, the bottom line is they, you know, this man has – you know, paid his debt to society what, 30 times over, which he should have never been convicted of. He should have never been convicted of. You know, and for those who don't believe <laughs> in the justice system, I, I applaud you because it's, ju- it's just us that's getting, like Richard Price said, it's just us that's getting abused. So the governor of Missouri needs to get off his lazy ass and and, and, and get this man out of jail and and then they need and then then they need to provide for this man for the rest of his natural life, man. Well, to hold your breath waiting on that, right? <laughs> All right, yeah. wow. All right, uh, a year and a half into the pandemic, Louisiana is now facing its worst surge of coronavirus yet, and healthcare workers are once again overwhelmed. I can't explain the feeling of defeat when you pour everything into a patient and it's not enough. Felicia Croft, who works as an ICU nurse in Shreveport, says in a recent video diary in her car, it's been one of the hardest days for her since the pandemic began, she says. And then to know that they could have gotten vaccinated, it could have made a difference, Croft said. Louisiana health officials say the Delta variant, uh, the Delta variant, excuse me, is driving a new surge in hospitalizations, especially among people who are not vaccinated. At the willis Knighton Health System, where Croft works, 77 of the 88 people hospitalized were unvaccinated as of Friday. You know what time it is? In four minutes or less, something that you need to know. It is Kavita time. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show. Look at a world map of coronavirus hotspots and the United States once again stands out. The U.S. has effective vaccines as widely available as they are anywhere in the world, but again ranks among the countries with higher rates of new cases. The Delta variant of coronavirus is driving sharply higher caseloads in 85% of American counties. Here's the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky. Across the board, we are seeing increases in cases and hospitalizations in all age groups. Those at highest risk remain people who have not yet been vaccinated. 
We will check in this morning on three states, starting with Louisiana, where an ICU nurse posted an appeal for people to get vaccinated in her state where most residents have not done so. Felicia Croft works at the Willis Knighton Medical Center in Shreveport, and she's on the line. Good morning. Good morning. What made you think you need to speak out? Well, our hospital really asked us to do some video diaries. Um, They've been great about asking us to just share our feelings and really express our feelings. I can't explain the feeling of the speech when you do everything, you pour everything into a patient and it's not enough. And then to know that they could have gotten vaccinated and it could have made a difference. I submitted that video diary after a really difficult day where, you know, we've um, we've had some people that have been close to my, my daughter and um, to her friends, and my kids are hurting for their friends, and um, that just made this day much harder and really made me just need to get some feelings out, and next thing I know, here we are. <laughs> um, I'm interested by this. I've had people I know, people I'm related to, who have not yet chosen to get vaccinated. Are you saying your 14-year-old daughter's friends had friends who were were not vaccinated end up in the hospital? So we have had a lot of people um, that have been close to us that are not vaccinated. And yeah, some of them have ended up in the hospital and some of them not yet. And we're going to continue to pray that they don't. But but yeah. Is the pattern in your hospital what has been reported elsewhere, that virtually everyone who shows up with a serious enough case of COVID to be hospitalized is unvaccinated? The majority of our hospitalizations in the ICU, at least for sure, um, are not vaccinated. We'll have one or two that are vaccinated um, versus, you know, 10 or 12 that are not. What did your daughter say about the situation? So my daughter is scared. You know, she she looks at us. We're a very close family. My daughter tells me everything, even the things I don't want to know. <laughs> um, but she comes to me when, when her heart is hurting. And she is not a real emotional kid. But when she comes to me in tears and says, Mom, we've got to pray for my friend's family. Like, that's heart-wrenching. Um, just to know as a mom that my kid is hurting, but as a nurse, to you know that she's talking about people that may lose their parents. What has the response been since you posted this video? It has been pretty extraordinary. I know my mother-in-law um, sent me a text yesterday saying that the Louisiana Department of Health said that Louisiana is now getting vaccinated faster than they were in April, which is pretty incredible. Um, I don't know if it's just people seeing someone that that is local, that's on their level, um, versus seeing people that are, you know, in the government and unattainable, or they feel like they don't maybe know what's going on with them as a normal person. Um, but it's just been incredible to see the change and people talking to me about their change in mindset and how they they didn't know it was quite this serious or they were ignorant until it's affected someone they loved. And I want people to see that this is real and that there's help before it hurts someone they love. Are there people in the hospital who tell you they wish they'd gotten vaccinated? More often than not, when they come in and they're admitted and they can't breathe and we're talking about ventilators, they're saying, I wish I would have gotten a shot. Felicia Croft, I want people to know you're taking your first vacation since the start of COVID here in Florida for uh, for a few days. Uh, in the couple seconds we have left, does it feel good to have a have a have a break? 
It feels great because I'm, I've been a COVID ICU nurse the whole time. My husband is a firefighter paramedic, so we get hit on both sides. And it's just been so nice to kind of disconnect and just enjoy some time and focus on my family. Well, good luck to you and be safe. Felicia Croft, thanks so much. Yes, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. She's a COVID ICU nurse in Shreveport, Louisiana. The NAACP is committed to equality for all people, especially the equality of foundational black Americans. Every other child gets a chance at economic equality. Every other child gets a chance at living the best life they possibly can. Doesn't he deserve a chance to? Learn more at NAACP.org. Online radio at its best communities across this country, putting them on planes, putting them on buses. You think they're being uh, worried about COVID for that? Of course not. So he's facilitating. Who knows what new variants are out there, but I can tell you whatever variants are around the world, they're coming across that southern border. And so he's not shutting down the virus. He's helping to facilitate it in our country. And what is his big solution? What is he so upset about Florida? His solution is he wants to have the government force kindergartners to wear masks in school. He doesn't believe the parents should have a say in that. He thinks that should be a decision for the government. Well, I can tell you in Florida, the parents are going to be the ones in charge of that decision. Welcome back in. 347-850-1272. It's uh, 52 minutes after the hour, or you can look at it as eight minutes before the top of the hour. You listen to the serious side, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. One day after President Joe Biden criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantos' approach to the COVID-19 pandemic, which is spiking again in Florida, the governor fired back. Coming after the rights of parents in Florida, I'm standing in your way. DeSantis defiantly responded on Wednesday. If you're trying to deny kids a proper in-person education, I'm going to stand in your way and stand up for the kids of Florida. If you're trying to restrict people and impose mandates and ruin their jobs and livelihood, if you're trying to lock people down, I'm standing in your way. I am standing for the people of Florida. He finished by saying, why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secured? Until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. That was the ignorant governor from the state of Florida, Ron DeSantos. Um, you know, let, let me let me uh, start this one with you, Jerome, because when you listen to this this crackpot spew the nonsense that he continues to spew about COVID, now he's standing for this. First of all, he talks about secure what border? Florida doesn't have a, a, a southern border. So what the hell are you talking about? You know, it, what the Republicans are doing, and once again, this show is a difficult show for me because I can't stand none of these people. And so the Republicans are now trying to say the reason why, because they're prepared for an election, the reason why COVID is running rampant in the United States of America is not because Donald Trump continues to act as if it doesn't exist. And they continue to have these people, 95% of the people who are dying from COVID are unvaccinated people. But that's not the issue. Eh, no, they're Mexicans bringing it in from Mexico. Mexico, Mexicans are bringing in COVID. 
And that's the reason why the numbers are spiking. You freaking dummy. I, I mean, man, I am so put off by these white people that stand in front of microphones and say this nonsense just to get their damn campaign dollars. Because quiet as it's kept, Santos wants to be president. And he's starting to do little things. He's starting to have some, some committees to, to see you know, what's going on. But that's what he's all about. But you are never going to get this virus under control as long as you have idiots like this spewing nonsense to gullible, dumbass folks who listen to what the hell he has to say. Jerome, the mic is yours. Right. Right. And that's their that's their game, right? It, the whole thing is to find white folks. And, you know, I can't call them ignorant and all that other stuff, right, I that can. they are listening to this. No, no, I'm – yeah, you you can, but I'm saying I'm I'm not calling them that because the problem is is that they're sicker than just being ignorant. Ignorance implies that they they don't know something or they're willfully ignorant or however you want to put that. This mm. is kind of in the area of re, uh, retardation, right? Like, and mm. look it up. It's a French word. I don't want to hear anything about using words today. But the the issue is is that they see something that benefits them as an excuse to wrong anybody on this damn planet. Like, if it benefits them, right or wrong does not matter. Right? And I know I've said this before, but uh, it deserves being repeated. We have to remember that white folks hung people and went ahead and did their laundry, played in the park, go to church, and then have a lynching or burn somebody and cook out and have their kids in there eating while they're actually setting another human being on fire. Everybody used to get really squeamish about that, but you can see why some people's mentality of caring about another soul, is it means nothing to them. And I think a part of that whole process or a whole part of that way of thinking is that Everybody has this whataboutism thing in them, and it's great marketing, right? So their culture says, well, y'all do this and y'all do this, trying to make them equivalent. They're not equivalent. Black people's humanity is intact. You never hear that happen with black folks doing that to anybody else on this planet. But what happens is that we, um, and I said this years ago, we are going to eventually get there. Because we're still mocking you. But our emotions are still, like, tied up into each other. That's why we go wild over somebody, um, you know, disrespecting us one way or another. Because our emotions are tied into it. Your emotions cannot be tied to you when you can take an innocent person and hang them or burn them or leave them in jail. Your humanity sucks when that happens. So... I don't know what I don't know what to tell you when it really comes down to it, but there is something that it needs to be said because they need to change their behavior. And if they don't change their behavior, that's fine. But our expectations of them changing should be zero. You should not be able to come back to us and go, "Hey, if you just vote for this, things are going to change," because you are not changing it. So now we have to vote for somebody else. That's why I always complain even about people hating AOC. Yeah, she may say some things that you don't agree with, but hating her to that degree 
shows that anybody who goes against the grain, people physically want to hurt you, which is just stupid, right? Nobody should have that kind of energy against her because she's a woman or because for whatever reason, just because she says something different. These folks are literally killing us, and we sit here and act as if there's some political solution to you killing somebody. There isn't. So we have to do we have to do something different. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you say that, you're right. These people are killing us. But I mean, just like we talked about in the last segment, right? I mean, how can you that man losing 41 years of his life? And I'm sorry for bringing this back up, but how this guy is literally the Walking Dead. If if if, if they don't Trying to make your life financially, Mister Elias. Wait, what's gonna happen to this dude, man? So you know, so these people are killing folks, you know, by the things they do from a legislative standpoint. The fact that this guy, Governor DeSantos, will not step up and be a responsible governor when cases are spiking in Florida, he sees the numbers. But you know what? He is so concerned about his political admiration and the fact that he wants to get he wants to be president one day that I don't give a damn how many people have to die because the people that people that are alive who are going to write the checks, this is what they want to hear. So guess what? I'm going to say these things. And I'm like, my God, how is that any different than him going and pulling the pulling the freaking trigger himself? When it comes to these people dying from COVID, Drake, Florida's numbers has always been bad. They just won't report them. They fired a controller who, I can't remember her name right now. I had to look it up. But they fired her for reporting the numbers, for reporting the numbers accurately. And then I, I hear people like, you know, Bill Maher said, well, Florida's got it right because their numbers aren't that high. Well, their numbers aren't that high because they weren't reporting it. Their numbers have always been that? high. I, 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 Who said that? I, I know people. Bill Maher. Bill Maher, he said that one night. Now, and I yelled at the TV. I said, idiot, they're not reporting their numbers. You know, you got to dig deeper, man. Look, the, 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 the systemic problem we have with Florida is they're going, they're thinking that this disease is only going to kill black folks, the poor, the poor black folks. But mm. now it's, wow. starting, it's starting to get them now. They don't. That I, I I've seen that on, on I swear to God I've seen that on Facebook I don't know how many times where I, I saw a lady say uh, I'm in great health so if I do get it I'll survive it you may not <laughs> you may not darling it depends people that got in right. great health that didn't make it so you might be careful what you're saying people just don't they think that this this Donald Trump you know came out and would not would not come back and tell people, I've been vaccinated, you need to get vaccinated. He right. won't say it. Right. So, hey, right. people, you got to live your life. I, I know people who said, you know, told me I was lying when I told them Trump got vaccinated. No, he, he never got that. Oh, but he did right before he left office. He got vaccinated. No, he didn't. I said, okay, well, you know, go look it up. Well, that's the internet, and, 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 and you, 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 they're lying about it. They lie about stuff like that. I said, okay, you're right, man. Whatever. You know, good luck. 
you know, and, and there's something else this fool is saying. You know, he, I'm reading this. He said he would rather have 5,000 cases amongst 20-year-olds than 500 cases amongst seniors. This guy is a freaking dummy. Let me go to you, Jackie, because we haven't heard from you yet. And we have a few minutes left in this segment. Um, you know, and, and listen, and this is not, I'm not picking on you by no stretch of the imagination, but we – you choose not to get vaccinated, and that's fine. We we went back and forth with that, and I don't want to re- rehash that. But there is something, even for people like you who are saying, look, I have some concerns about it, but governors being irresponsible, right? Because even though, you know, I may not agree with the fact that you will not get vaccinated, you know, you can pretty much, that's your decision. No one can make you get vax, vaccinated. But at least I can say that you're taking the necessary precautions to try to keep yourself safe and others around you safe without taking the ultimate step. But when you have a governor that says the things that this guy is saying, this gives people who are not going to take those safeguards that you're taking in place, Just they, it gives them, you know, the uh, go-ahead, the green light to continue to spread this crap amongst people who are trying to do the right thing. Give me your thoughts on this real quick. Yeah. Um, bottom line, because, uh, see, I'm I'm with you, Jay. I, I just don't like what I'm seeing going on in this country. And it's always, number one, targeted at black people. See, I'm not for a- anyone being you know, irresponsible, you know. I, like I said, I take this very, very seriously, you know, whether you choose to be vaccinated or at least, of course, wear your mask, do your COVID tests, you know, social distance. I, see, I'm not for anyone being irresponsible. And this governor in Florida, I mean, he just sounds irresponsible with it. I'm not for And just... I'm just saying my my problem is is who is this really targeting just with everything that they're doing from trying to fire people, trying to badger trying to uh trying to uh, I can't think of words right now trying to force people I mean who is that really targeting? You just got to get tired of <laughs> being tolerated. Look, they to- black people were, were tolerated at best, and they tried to kill us at the worst. You, you just you just have to be tired of that, tired of being tolerated, tired of being disrespected. Just t- you just got to be tired of it. I, I'm with you, Jay. You see all this, you see four years of a, a racist president and an insurrection to cap it all off, you just get tired of it. So you I think about get your, get your passports together. I'm serious. Yeah, all right. You, hey, you know what I'm starting to think Starting to think the same thing you're thinking, Jackie. Thank you so much. All right, as we continue this on this governor's edition of the series, that coming up next, we're going to talk about what's happening with uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, and uh, boy, a lot going on in New York. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show. Welcome aboard. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. 
We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We got the spirit. We're hot. We can't be stopped. We're going to beat them and bust them. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today.
Steadfast in his denial. I never touched anyone inappropriately. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's political problems have escalated and now border on potentially unlawful. We have a report on file. It alleges criminal conduct against our governor. The Albany Sheriff's Office is now handling a complaint from a woman who claims to have been assaulted by the governor. She's one of 11 who have come forward with allegations. A report from the state's attorney general last week laid bare what it said were undeniable facts of a hostile workplace. This is the first criminal complaint to be filed. I commend them on their bravery for coming forward, and now it's time for us to begin our investigation. The governor's legal team pounced on the initial report, claiming a predetermined narrative, painting the governor as the victim while hitting back at the independent investigators as being politically driven. The governor deserves to be treated fairly, and he must be. That did not happen here. How are we doing, Jen? If this charge is proven true, the governor could face arrest and a misdemeanor charge. And it's more reasoned why his party is widening the gap. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. He's lost the support from key Democrats in Washington and in his own backyard. We are considering uh, developing articles of impeachment of Governor Cuomo. Cuomo's lawyers intend to provide evidence by next week in his defense to stave off political elimination. But with a job approval rating below 30%, Cuomo's on borrowed time. Impeachment is backed by a majority of state lawmakers. And as more investigations into his behavior open up... This is obviously a very high-profile investigation. There's a lot of information out there. His political future is on the line, with few people coming to his defense. Democrats have been quick to cut ties with scandal-plagued lawmakers in sharp contrast to Republicans who still stand by a twice-impeached former president. If Cuomo can run through the headwinds of his own impeachment, it's unclear if he could even seek a fourth term in 2022, given the lack of support and any outcomes of current or former investigations. Welcome back. 14 minutes after the top of the hour, you're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio at its best. Governor Andrew Cuomo is running out of time and friends as he stares down the prospect of being the first New York governor impeached in more than 100 years with his own party leading the way. Days after State Attorney General Letitia James, uh, also a Democrat, released a detailed report that found he had sexually harassed 11 women violating state and federal law, the three-term governor, one of the most powerful figures in the state, has been in a generation, has seen in a generation, I'm sorry, is bleeding support at home and among the Democratic Party's national heavyweights. The state legislator is poised to move ahead with an impeachment proceeding, and those seeking to remove her from office uh, appear to have the votes to do it. Let's start right there. Um, you know, I say this is the governor's edition of the uh, serious side of the Man, there's a lot of stuff going on. And Andrew Cuomo, we really hadn't really talked about this uh, because, you know, I just want to kind of let the things play out a little bit and let it get further down, uh, get further down the, the, the road here. Uh, but, you know, 
after the attorney general released the report, uh, she's a Democrat. You know, all of us are looking for her to step up and her and the New York team to, to, to get this former president behind bars. Um, this thing with Cuomo starting to get serious, Ms. Delia. So what say you? Well, Jay, yes, it is, man. You know, it, 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 the, the, as they say, man, he, man, he's getting, he, he's, he's obviously done a lot of stuff to women that he said it, he thought he, you know, he, he was just trying to uh, comfort a woman or find out something about a woman. Man, look, dude, mm-hmm. if, you know, you should have bowed out gracefully a long. He should have bowed out gracefully a long time ago on this one. You know, they gave him a way out. He should have just left. And and got up out of that thing, man. Yeah, he's 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 in bad shape right now. So you're now. saying he should have you're saying he should have resigned when the opportunity presented itself, or is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah, he should have resigned a long time ago, man. Yep. If you got that many women coming forward, you're not gonna win that one. You're not gonna win it. You know, um, and Jackie, let me make sure I want to get some comments from you on this one up front. Um, you know, these cases, it's like it's another story. This has been going on since the beginning of time. You know, we talked about Gary Hart a long time ago, how a picture of him sitting, you know, uh, behind a boat with a female on his lap just really, it really damaged his political career. But then we fast forward to where we are today. Donald Trump talked about grabbing women by their PPs and, and all this other stuff. And, and, you know, but people, I know a lot of Democrats say, you know, why don't we play ball like the Republicans play ball? And, you know, and I hate to even talk about it in this context, but I'm just being honest with you. This is what they're saying. You know, look what happened to the senator out of Minnesota. What was it, Minnesota? Who was it? Al Franken. You know, look, he, he you know, yeah. he put his hands in front of a sleeping female on a plane ride back like he was, you know, groping her boobs or whatever. And Democrats said, hey, you know what? Country before party, you got to go. And a lot of Democrats are saying, why don't you guys circle the wagon like Republicans? In order for you to maintain and play ball and stay at a certain level of Republicans, you got to play ball like them. You need to get in the dirt and get nasty. Like Alonzo said from training day, you know, you got to have a little dirt on you for, for them to trust you. Well, what what say you in regards to this thing with Andrew Cuomo? Um, Was that me? No, it's for, oh. for Jackie. Um, all I know is with all of this, it's been going on a long time as far as um, just with women getting disrespected in certain fields and, you know, and then just ever since the Me Too movement's come around, it's just, <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be, uh, they're just using uh, just anything that just looks like, you know, that's disrespecting women. It's just gonna be, it's just gonna be all hand, all war. <laughs> it's just gonna be all an out war. See, on one hand, you know, as a woman, you know, we've been getting disrespected for various things for years. Um, but then you want to be careful with. Uh, See, there's this fine line. Of course, okay. we need to watch out with being respected and stuff, but 
then again, we can't sit up here and just everything's uh, uh, something against us. Do you understand? It's a fine line that we have to be careful with, even as women. Look, everything is not uh, with him trying to disrespect you. You know, it's 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 a it's a fine line that we kind of gotta watch with that. I mean, trust me, something's got to be done. But it's this fine line where I, I don't want to, as a woman, call everything that a man does as disrespecting me when it's not. Maybe it's my sensitivities to stuff that I've been through. Like I've been through situations that definitely as far as sexually goes that may be triggered and maybe it's something that a man is doing he's not really trying to disrespect me it may be a trigger that's in me that reacts a certain way well, See, that's where we've got to be careful you, you, do you understand yeah, let me see, can I sum up what you're saying? Then I want to get to Jerome because we have about four minutes left in this set. I, I think what you're saying is is that, you know, at some point in time, okay, if, if a man makes an we, I think we had this discussion on this show, man, and it blew up. I mean, I thought the comments went off the chain, and, you know, I had to, you know, deal, I had to even deal with some people, call them or contact them out, outside of the show, and or I'm not going to say outside of the show, but you know, when the show was over, you know, to kind of respond back to some of the things that were said on this on this broadcast. I, I think what you're trying to say is that if a man tries to hit on you and, you know, he may get up to you and, and hug you or whatever the case may be, you, let's not, you know, let's not say that it's sexual harassment because you don't want to be bothered with him. And I'm not, and let me just say this before I even continue with my comments. I'm by, by no stretch of the imagination am I trying to say that those women don't have an opportunity. Those women should be heard and, and an investigation should, should happen. And apparently it happened. It was just, we all look at and hold in high regard, you know, filed this report. So I don't see how it can be politically motivated if she's a Democrat, but but I've digressed. I, I just want to try to, to, to quantize or, or try to uh, – I think I'm trying to visualize what you're trying to say here. And so what yeah, you're really you, trying to say – yeah, I think it's a situation where a yeah, guy, you know, every time a guy it's, comes it's at like, you, it can't be this way. Yeah, it's something that we as women got to have a responsibility for too. You know, as a whole, yes, we need to be protected as women and we shouldn't be sexually harassed. But make sure, ladies, if you, because we've all been through some stuff, through some traumas that may be acting as triggers. And we may think that just everything maybe a man is saying, he's doing, it's really a trigger. He may not have been sexually trying to harass you, but you are responding from a trigger. Oh, yeah, you, know, you may it's, be interpreting it's a fine yeah, line. yeah, yeah, it's so a fine, I hear it's what a you're fine line uh, that even we as women yeah. gotta have a responsibility for watching. You understand? Yeah, yeah you know, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Jerome, we have three minutes left. I don't want you to have all those three minutes. Man, give me your thoughts on this thing with uh, Andrew Cuomo because I know that you, we've had these conversations and you said some things throughout the, you know, the course. We haven't really dive, dove into this, but you know, just give me your thoughts on this, man. I think people would be curious to hear what you have to say about it. Well, you know, I probably can only, I probably only have about a minute worth of comment, but I'm going <laughs> to tell you this one is um I don't I don't really know what to think about it. I mean, 
it is not really as scandalous as I think that everybody's making it out to be, for one. Two, Cuomo has always kind of been a pig, but this is New York State, and they've hated Cuomo since probably his father left out of office, who was who was a remarkable governor. But, I mean, this dude, this guy has been hated. So all this outrage and, you know, he did this, he was single. It, and it's like saying you can't have a single guy in office in, in big, powerful positions. He's probably going to hit on somebody. Bill Gates married, you know, the, she was a VP at Microsoft. He asked her out. I mean, I I don't know. I'm not in. I'm not that familiar with that kind of culture, right? That you know, Anna Nicole dates some 80 year old man. So to say that Cuomo asks a, another consent consenting adult, um, does she like older men? I don't know. I mean, I know he signed in a law, a new law, about sexual harassment in the first in the workplace that you can't ask them. But the thing that got out of hand is from him groping women. Now, that's different. Mm-hmm. But, again, he's always been a pig. So um, he's probably going to – they're probably going to get him out because of it. But I don't see that as, you know, par for the course for most most people. Again, when we look at – and I mean this on that uh, – culturally – I mean, we look at the Republicans and what they've done. This is not a whataboutism, right? I'm just saying it is hard to get politicians out of office when they do egregious things. And you cannot tell me that when you work for somebody who's like that, that you're not going to blow their butt out of the water early or leave. Because there are people, you know, I'm not a big Me Too fan in that whole kind of thing. But I don't believe in rape and sexual assault, so I just can't jump on the bandwagon of this. And I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, I haven't really looked at it, honestly. So Mm -hmm. I'm not really going to make judgment. But I could just tell you that Cuomo pretty much is a pig. But if he if he was running, I'd vote for him tomorrow. I don't think I'd like Kathy Hochul, who is the other person in line, the lieutenant governor. But that's a whole nother story. We can talk about that. But. I would still vote for him. Yeah. And even though I, I don't get know. That, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I was going to say, even though I don't know the details of any of that stuff, I mean, I watched Letitia Jane's press conference, and it still was like, Cuomo probably has a point that they were gunning at him. They were gunning after him, and yeah, he makes it an easy target because he's a jerk. You know, he's a mm. prick, but that's what ha- that helped us during the pandemic. Because he wouldn't listen to anybody, he shut that piece down, and now seventy percent of New York State is vaccinated. <laughs> like, well, our vaccination rate goes up because of New York City, but everywhere in the state, people walk around here free because there's low transmission rate in New York State because he's such a jerk that he was able to make a decision and stick to it. So you can see how personality quirks can help you in crisis situation, and they can hurt you when everything is going good. Because he's going to feel, yeah, yeah, he's going to feel yeah. some kind of way. I know that's right. All right, we got to step out. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. We'll be right back after this.
thank you for continuing to listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. We'll be right back after these words. Keep it right here. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. got me the perfect bag for back to school. These council binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the same what I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. Colored pencils, too. These new socks? They can be a real lifesaver. <laughs> I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. 
School shootings are preventable if you know the signs. Learn more at sandyhookpromise.org. Welcome back. It is the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. And, of course, it's time to say what's happening to the peace. And let's say hello to you again, just in case you weren't here at the beginning of the show. Let's say good morning to the very lovely rich sister, a.k.a. Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I am doing well. How's everyone doing? Everyone is doing outstanding, I like to think. Hopefully they are. Smartest brother in the world, Mr. Jerome is free as in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? He's here, I promise. <laughs> Good morning, Jerome. All right. Uh, and Mr. Elias is in the house. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I am doing well, sir, and good morning to you. Good morning, mwah, rich sister, mwah. Good morning, Nessa, mwah. Good morning, Kathleen, mwah. Good morning, Mama B. Mwah. Good morning, Mariana Music. And Mariana Music, that very first song was Money and by Moonchild. And the next one was by Gord. Uh, was by, uh, his name of the song was called Can't Remember. Can't, I, it can't keep running. It's by Gordon Banks. And uh, good morning to my brother, Jerome. Good morning to my brother, Hawk. That's right. Good morning to one. Good morning, all. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some folks in the chat room, if you don't mind? We only got my brother Kavina man in there with us this morning. Kavina's not on that bike? He's still in the chat room? Uh-oh. Come on, well, Kavina. He just, he, well, I'm sorry. He just left. He just left. Oh, okay. He said, all right, he said all right. he he left Yeah, he said, get shut up. Okay, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let me say what let me say what's happening to the pastor. Let me say what's going what's going on to the pastor. Mary and the music's in the house. Gabrielle is in the house. Good morning to you. Uh DJ, I mean so many folks. Carlton, uh, we appreciate you listening in. Hopefully Tori's listening in as well from Florida, having a good time. The number is three four seven eight five oh one two seven. You know something that I learned this morning on the show, man, I didn't realize Bobby Batten's body out and died. I didn't realize that until I heard it on the news. Mm. I didn't know. I don't need it, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't know. I had no idea. But you know, you think about it, Mr. Elias, you know, all the people, you know, Bobby Knight is still around, but you know, he's probably close to whatever. You know what I'm saying? It's just... It's just amazing when you think about life and how you make certain transitions. And the thing that I'm always amazed about how, you know, I consider myself from a sports perspective, living through some of the best times, historical times in our lives. You had the emergence of Serena Weeks, the Williams sisters. You have the, uh, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, you know, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant. These are some of the icons that's in NBA. You had Peyton Manning. You, You know, we saw Tom Brady. These are folks who have put things in the history books that people would talk about generations from now. And so I think we're lucky, man. We're seeing some things that will be talked about, you know, long past our days here on Earth. Yeah, that's for sure. That is for sure, my brother. You know, I mean, long wow. past. Speaking of, speaking of Serena and, and Venus Williams, did you see the trailer for King Richard? No, I did not. Mm-mm. Will Smith is betraying Will, Will Smith is yeah. Playing, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm telling you, go watch it, man. It looks like, first I was like, there's no way I can go watch Will Smith uh, play Richard Williams because Richard Williams was such, if you follow tennis, Richard Williams is a big name and he's an icon, so you know who he is. So it's hard for someone to sell me that it's him when I know what he looks like. But it looks like Will Smith is going to do a good job with this. I didn't watch him play Ali because, once again, you're talking about a bigger than life personality and Ali, and then you have Will Smith. I'm like, he's not, he's Will Smith. He's not. Ali. I mean, we can get to this conversation that I had with some friends about Will Smith and his, you know, the roles that he brings to his his uh, characters. Uh, I mean, you know, what he brings to his roles and his characters. But I'm telling you, man, I'm going to watch this because it looks like it's going to be a very, very good movie. Hmm. I'm going to check that out, man. Because yeah, if out. you look check at it, Richard Williams was a very, very influential person in, 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 in tennis, man. He's one of the yeah. best coaches ever in tennis. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. A man who didn't know the game, taught himself the game, mm-hmm. and, you know, raised not one but two world number one mm-hmm. tennis players. And the greatest yes. of all time on the women's side in the open air. Well, to me, greatest ever. So it is what it is. All right. Enough with the chit-chat. Let's uh, continue to rock. The, the battle, I guess, was just different. Like, everybody, we fought physical fights, and we were emotionally tested. Um, but to have racism rear its ugly head in there, that, while the fight was happening, I didn't process it while it was happening. So once you, it's all over, and you're attempting to put together in your mind what happened, yeah. you're faced with, wow, we really... Were, I called the N word. Like, it, it's, it's a different matter. It's, it's a lot more to unpack than just oh, the, the actual physical trauma we endured. Right. That was uh, Capitol Police Officer Officer Dunn. Um, not, not something that we're going to talk about. That's actually a mistake, but it's interesting because what we're going to talk about during the last few minutes of this segment, uh, we're going to talk about Donald Trump and talk about how. You know, Donald Trump to this, folks, and, and let me make sure I am crystal clear on this. He is an opportunist mm-hmm. because I know there are Republicans out there who listen to this show. You know, there's one Republican who have been sending me comments for the past four months. And I keep trying to tell you, sir, you are wasting your time. I am not going to read that nonsense on the air. So, you know, don't. And if you try to call in, Mr. Elias is going to pump fake you uh, in the screening room and you think you're going to be on there and then he's going to laugh at you and call you a dirty word <laughs> right man don't tell don't tell him come on man stop it. let's stop playing with these people they need, look like Jerome said they, they need to hear, it, hear the truth and that's the truth so don't try to call in that's why you don't hear these people call in and do all that nonsense because Mr. Elias be, be getting them y'all think oh yeah I want to say this blah 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 Mr. Elias been calling from names that I can't repeat on the air and then he hangs up on him then he comes back with a big smile on his face so trust me you're not you're that kid I'm not reading <laughs> You're right, kiddo. But I'm not going to read these comments on the air. So you can, well, you can continue to, to, to send them, but I'm, not, I'm never going to read them. So I'm just letting you know. But I know Republicans listen. Republican folks listen to this show. I know that there are folks who are avid Fox watchers that listen to this show. Why you're here, I have no idea. But I also know that there are some of those individuals who we have turned because they were open-minded to listening to what's really going on. 
And all we're trying, we're not trying to persuade you to vote for a political party. What we're doing is putting out the truth. And then it's up to you to use the things between your two ears, the thing that's the big muscle that's in your head. It's up to you to determine whether or not what we're saying makes sense. And so there have been few that have come to say, hey, you know what, you guys are right. I've looked at BLM. I thought BLM were terrorists, but now that I've been listening to y'all, I understand why it exists. So those are the people that I'm reaching out to when we say when I say that Donald Trump is an opportunist. Earlier in the show, we talked about how they're fundraising money on Stomp the Steal, and they're going to support Republican candidates down the damn ticket. And there, and when they, because you have to fight, regardless of what Donald Trump does for Steel, he still his his pack uh, still has to file. You know, funding papers to talk about where that money's going, and you can't lie on that because you can end up like Bernie Madoff. So they got to tell the truth, but they know folks are not going to dig and find that information. So they continue to spew lies, but then they tell the truth when they, you know, when you have to tell the truth because they know that there could be some type of legal jeopardy that they could be in. And they said that none of the money that they're saying that they're raising to stop the steal and support Republican candidates for the upcoming elections, none of the money you suckers are sending to him are going to those causes. They're going to his legal issues. I'm pretty sure he's sticking some of that money in his pocket. You guys are fools. You guys are fools. So 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 you continue to support this this guy. You know, and so Donald Trump, he's also so, you know, back in uh, two weeks ago, uh, there was let me just read it. Voters in North Texas delivered an upset last Tuesday, picking GOP state representative Jake Elzey to fill a vacant House seat over a candidate endorsed by former President Donald Trump. Elzey beat fellow Republican Susan Wright, the widow of former Representative Ron White, 53 to 47% when the Associated Press called the low turnout Republican versus Republican runoff. Though Elsie was better funded, Wright leaned heavily on her backing from the former president who often plays kingmaker in Republican primaries. Trump crashed into the race during the first round of voting in May, camping Wright out of the crowded out of a crowded all primary all party primary and turning the contest into an early test of his post presidency clout. He held two teletown calls for her and he taped a robocall for her, making the loss more painful. Now there's an update to this because one of his uh minions did win in another state. But Donald Trump, notice how he said he dropped in. He dropped in because first of all, I think the man who died, didn't he die of COVID? This guy was didn't he? Uh, he won the election, and he was about to be sworn in, but he mm-hmm. died of COVID. Okay, I think so. Yeah. I think that this is the guy. And so Donald Trump figured, well, listen, if the guy won, this is his mentality, folks. Well, if the guy won, his the husband won, the wife sure is going to win because people are going to look at that situation like they looked at the situation for uh, uh, Elijah Cummings. You know, his his widow took over uh, his seat, so he thought it was a sure thing. So then he can boast how he pushed her over the top, but then that mess backfired. He's an opportunist. Mm-hmm. And when will mm-hmm. people wake up and, and see it, Mr. Elias? Yeah, you know, good luck. <laughs> good, good luck at uh, good luck in recognizing that. You know, hell, they, they've been brainwashed into to believing whatever this guy says whenever he says it. 
Come on, man. Honestly, you 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 look at this and you cannot. I I would never follow follow anybody blindly. Never in my lifetime have I ever followed anybody blindly. Because hey, look, I was raised. Hey, you got your own mind. You think your own thoughts. So if somebody tells me something, I'm going to investigate. I'm not just going to follow it blindly. You, you be you you be remiss not to do to to do your due diligence. But that's what we do. That's what we do. You know, Jerome, I was going to ask you a question about this, but what Mr. Elias, Mr. Elias said something that I thought was interesting when he talked about following blindly, and I said, wait a minute, because my question was going to be, how can people be this ridiculous? But then I, then I think about Jonestown. That, that, that mm-hmm. I wonder what makes, what makes a person, everybody in the room, but you know what, I guess that's just what it is, and I'm just going to make an analogy when it comes to sports. You know, I'm a big sports guy, and sometimes you see NFL general managers make decisions on people. You're like, what the hell are you thinking? And, 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 and you know, like Tim Tebow, for example. I mean, who the hell thought Tim Tebow could play quarterback in, 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 the, in the NFL? And he, he couldn't. But there are people who make money who are supposedly the brain trust of organizations. They make these ridiculous decisions. So I guess I said all that to say this, Jerome, that maybe it's not too far-fetched to think that how can people be so damn stupid and follow a con man when they should know, based on their better judgments, of what they're seeing. Maybe that's what it's all about. I have no idea. I really and truly don't. Jackie, my question for you is a very simple one. Why do people follow folks that everybody else in the room knows are liars, knows that they are frauds, know that they are phony? How can people with PhDs and master's degrees uh, follow folks like this? Is there any, any logical explanation that you can come up with? Uh, <laughs> uh, that would be, no, no, be a no, Jay. Uh, okay, can you fine. Hear me? <laughs> can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Go ahead. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm with Mr. Elias. I don't blindly follow people, I, myself. So <laughs> I'm all about uh, doing my own research. When it comes to certain things, say I'm with Mr. Elias. I don't blindly follow anyone. Do you research? Do your homework? Mm-hmm. What did I say last week about clear and conscious decisions? You know, properly research. You know, do your homework, and from there, make a clear and conscious decision. That's it. That's it. I like the way you said that, Mr. Elias. We have to keep it real. You have to get the last word, man. Give me something here in the last 30 seconds. Well, man, look, people follow their, you know, people are, you know, who they are, and they're going to follow this cat because he said something I like. He said something I really did like, and I'm going to follow it no matter what. You might say something I like, but if you're not doing something I like, I'm not going to give a damn what you say. You got you to be uh, saying and a doer for me to follow you. Because always a good right. leader can follow. There you go, Vestilius. Got the last word as promised. All right, time for an NPR news update, and we'll be right back to close up shop. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Keep it locked right here, folks. Don't you go no damn where, because we definitely ain't going no damn where. Not till it's all over. This message comes from NPR sponsor Geico. 
Do you own or rent your home? Fortunately, GEICO makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. In Tokyo, athletes from around the world are inside the Olympic Stadium for the closing ceremony of the Summer Games, having marched in holding their phones to take pictures or waving flags. The focus is now turning to 2024 and Paris. The Olympic flag has been handed off to the city's mayor. With the Tokyo Olympics coming to an end today, NPR's Amanda Lito Barco reports the U.S. won more gold medals than any other country. During the Tokyo Games, the U.S. athletes earned 39 gold medals, 41 silver, and 33 bronze for a total of 113. Since 1996, the U.S. has led both in the number of gold medals and overall medals, except in 2008 when China picked up more gold. This year, China came in second in the medal count, followed by host nation Japan, which surpassed its record in the previous Summer Olympics. And this time, U.S. female athletes earned more than half the medals for the United States, 66. According to the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, if the American women were a separate country, they would have ranked fourth in the world in terms of how many Olympic medals they won. Mandali Del Barco, NPR News, Tokyo. USA women added to their gold medal count today. The women's volleyball team won the gold medal match, beating Brazil three sets to none. And the U.S. women's basketball team won gold for a seventh straight time, beating Japan 90-75. to With the Tokyo Games coming to a close, American athletes again coming home with a total of 39 gold medals. I'm Giles Snyder, NPR News. This message comes from NPR sponsor State Farm. State Farm knows you only want to listen to the no-nonsense, no-fluff, hard-boiled facts. So here's another no-nonsense fact. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. of the namesake of this segment, uh, he has chimed in, as he always do. He says, peace and blessings, family. Uh, and, and I guess, well, let me just read it. And uh, well, the pastor's coming at me straight. He said, peace and blessings, family. Brother Jay, usually when you go on what some may call a rant, but I call a passionate plea, I enjoy them and agree with them, but not this time. Don't get me wrong, I agree with Brother Jerome's assessment of to say what needs to be said, I am concerned, but I am concerned about your expression of possible violence against a fellow human being. Listen, my brother, you have to remain in line with the word of God and his instructions to us on how to live our lives in accordance to his word. Don't let any man deter you from getting to heaven and sitting next to the Father. Be blessed, my brother, and I will continue to pray for you and members of the serious side. Man, there has the pastor say, but you need to cool your jets, brother. Don't, don't go down there. Okay, well. Come on wow. to the dark side, man. Come on to the dark side. Come on to the uh, dark see, side. See, there it is. See, pastor, see, pastor that's, there he is. That's that dude right there. That man right there is the reason why some of this stuff goes down. Thank you very much. Speaking of which, uh, <laughs> DJ from Baltimore, he says, wow, man, what a show. He says, wow, man, what a show. Sometimes I feel the same, Jay, so brother, I don't blame you for feeling the way you do. 
It crosses my mind from time to time, but don't let your darkest thoughts lead you down a road of destruction, my brother. Thank you, DJ. Another sensible voice. Now listening to the man that's sitting next to the right. Uh, All right, so uh, Bailey, uh, Hollywood, Florida. Oh, look at this. It's about time, Jay. You got on board with Mr. LES. You got on on board with the Mr. LES. No, I said, sorry. Got on board with the LES and Jerome Train. Kudos. Get out of here. Sabrina from San Antonio, Texas says, look, Jackie, no means no. I'm tired of people making excuses when men make unwanted gestures or passes towards women. Enough already. Huh. All right. Oh, I can't get out of here without reading what uh, our girl is saying. Mariana Music says, Jay, babe, don't go there, sweetie. Love you. And thanks, Mr. Music Man, L.E.S. Tight music this morning. I loved it. Wow. Tell you what. So we have a plethora of comments and opinions on what happened. And on that note, you know what time it is. Online radio at its best. All right, folks, what a show this morning. It is time for our final thoughts. And ladies, go first around here. Jackie, give me your final thoughts. Well, great show. Great show, as always. Um, In regards to, of course, the pandemic COVID situation, just like I said, I reiterate again, clear, conscious decisions, no matter which way you swing. If you're for getting the vaccine, you know, do your proper research, homework, and get the vaccine. And then for those who don't care to be at this time, if you don't feel comfortable at this, you know, do your research, do your homework. And, you know, I'm just all about clear, conscious decisions uh, across the board. Um, And definitely, you know how I'm going to end it now, get your passports together. (laughs) <laughs> and you know why I say that? Because it goes back to what I said. It seems like, at best, America has tolerated black people. That's at best. You know, I did a show once on Thoughts for Vision, say that it, that was called Go Where You're Celebrated, Not Where You're Tolerated. Wow. See, I'm tired of being, I'm tired of being tolerated. See, I'm tired of being tolerated. You got to get tired of that. Now, I, I never thought in a million years that I would consider leaving America. I mean, this is where I was born. This is where I've been for what's about to be 52 years come the 28th. See, I would never thought that I would consider that ever. And please know, sister can prosper wherever she's at. It ain't about that. But sometimes you just get tired of being tolerated. See, I, I'm, I'm tired of being tolerated. I mean, I feel as black people, we got to walk on eggshells in this country. Jackie is tired of hearing crunch where she walks. Wow. <laughs> I am tired wow. of walking on eggshells. I just want to see where somewhere else lives. I, I, is there somewhere I can go where I don't have to hear crunch when I walk? I'm going to find it. Get your passports together. That's all I got to say. Y'all take care and y'all have a wonderful and blessed Sunday. Wow. 
Well, you too. That's a drop the mic moment for Jackie. Yeah, Mr. Elias had to respond and say, hey, you too. <laughs> drop the mic, Jackie. <laughs> Walk on through those doors. All right. The man that gets the first and last one, Mr. Elias, man, give me your final thoughts. Look, folks, you know, we need to really uh, talk to Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema. You need to start sending letters to these people and let them know. Hey, man, our democracy is at stake. You guys need to stop playing this game and pass this Voting Rights Act and the John Lewis bill. And if you don't do it, you know, you know you're, you're, you're really insulting our intelligence by telling us what you can and cannot do. And you want to work bipartisan with the Republican Party because they don't want to work with you. They've proven that time and time again. So all the people that are in the side of my voice, get on the calling campaign or letter writing campaign to Christian Cinema and Joe Manchin and tell them to go to filibuster on this on this bill and let's get this thing done. Because if we don't, we're not going to be able to vote. We'll have an assault on our democracy. You know, before I get my final thoughts, big shout out and happy birthday to former President Barack Obama. Turned 60 this month. And, you know, there was a lot of criticism because they were going to hold this huge bash and you know, after some of the criticism, the former president and his family thought otherwise and decided to tone it down. But still, 60 years is a milestone. So happy birthday, President Obama. And, uh, you know, America just didn't deserve U.S. president. We needed it, but they didn't deserve it. So now they got what they can reap what you sow when you got what you got. Some Americans love what we got. That's why we have these shows. Uh, my final thoughts are. You know, first I was thinking about maybe apologizing for some of the things I said earlier in the show. Then after reading some of the comments, you know, I had kind of reconsidered the fact that maybe I should, you know, even consider it further, I should say. Maybe I should apologize, but I'm not. I'm just not. I'm just tired, folks. I'm tired. I'm tired of a country that I put my life on the line for treat me the way it does. And yeah, people say, well, Jay, you're not being affected by it. Well, you know what? I am being affected by some of it. But you're right. People are not, you know, I don't see the effects of some of the things that some of my other brothers and sisters are experiencing every day out there in the streets. But I will tell you that it hurts because when one of us hurt, all of us hurt. And so, yeah, people look at me differently and think, oh, he's a good guy. You know, like that line from, uh, remember the, the movie, man, Do the Right Thing, Mr. Elias, when, uh, when mm-hmm. he said, hey, you know, when they asked him, she said, he said, Sal, all your favorite people are black. And he, he named all these athletes. He said, they're not black. They're just clear. So at the end of the day, these people are doing what they're doing to us, and we have to step up. You know, now, I am going to say, don't go out and grab a gun and blow their brains out. But I'm being honest with you, and I try to be as honest as I can on this show. For the first time, I started to see, you know what? I can't blame people for thinking that. And I'm not trying to tell you to go out and do it, but my goodness, man, when you try to fight within the boundaries of the system and they still do what they do, you have to wonder, is there another way to get the job done? And on that note, Ms. Delias, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Folks, bless you. God bless you and your family. Be safe during COVID and do the right thing. Mask up and get vaccinated. So for Jackie, for Jerome, for Mr. LS, I'm Jay Rowe saying have a wonderful work week. And remember, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay.
Rao Show. We'll see you next week if it's God's will. God bless. Take care. Bye. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.